0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team,
1: power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power,
0: power, power. G'day everyone, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast, live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac and 19, and joining us this evening is Portia. How are you going?
1: Hello. Yeah, I'm going all right. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Not too bad. Rick is sick. Or, uh, yeah, with inverted commas, sick, apparently. So.
1: he's really uh, he's enjoying uh, a mad Sunday, Monday, Tuesday for uh, Brendan Archie finally hitting his 50th game oh. and also cracking his possession per game tally, which is a pretty impressive double feat, but there you go.
0: He's celebrating too much, I think, but uh, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. That's OK. <laughs> he can have a week <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all good. Well, let's get straight into it, I guess, and do our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about uh, Port Adelaide on the weekend. What was your hate this week? Uh,
1: it's a pretty mild hate. Got, I, I'll, I'll do two parts. There's one hate for the team, which is they just felt like we didn't play very convincing football all the time. Like we won the game, we won by quite a bit, but it just I felt like we played below ourselves. But the main one was kind of jack butters. How he yep. got himself suspended and you sort of think, Oh, what was he even trying to do then? What was he what, what was what was the aim of what he was doing then? What, what, yeah. what was he trying to achieve? Um a bit strange, but I mean also like he then went on and played the rest of the game. I mean we've seen players that done you know, got reported early in the game, then kinda of fade out completely and he's like, No, nope, I'm gonna keep playing. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. keep playing high football, I'm gonna keep tackling, gonna keep bumping and I look good on him for that. That's really great. So that, that's the closest I got to head this week.
0: Yeah. It's disappointing he got himself suspended, but at least it gives him a little break before finals and we'll freshen him up and yeah. hopefully he can come back and be best on ground in a
1: final for us. that would be lovely. It'll be, be interesting to see who's going to lift the team with him out of it. Yeah. Because there's been a few games this year where you have to say that sort of Zach Butters, his uh, persistence has kept us a bit in it. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next two weeks.
0: For sure. Well, it certainly won't be this player. My hate is uh, Ryan Burton getting injured again. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's such a pity because he's such a great player for us and does such an important role. Um, and for him to to keep getting injured, you know, that's that's pretty much got to be his season over now. Like we can't afford to play him in finals, pretty much, because you know this would be this what, this is the second or third time this year he's been injured in the first, you know, sort of twenty minutes of a game. You can't afford to have that in a final.
1: Yeah, you'd have to say he's definitely a player that hasn't really benefited from the uh, shortened season uh, no. and the more compact number of games. But, uh, yeah, unfortunate.
0: I'd put him on ice, give him the rest of the season off, give him an extended preseason, and uh, hopefully he can get his body right next year because uh, he's a wonderful player uh, when he's up and going and uh, we need him in the team, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I wouldn't quite go to that extent. I would still want to keep him... Trying to recover in time to get back for the finals. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't play him automatically, but I can. If we're in a situation where we're deep in finals and suddenly Riley Bonner's got to come in, or we can play Burton, you know, kind of fit, I'd still be picking Burton. You know. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Uh, what's your love this week?
1: Uh I don't know. Probably um, Ollie Wines. He's sort of reached a point where it's like, hey, oh, he's probably going to stay now, isn't he? Uh, and he played a pretty good yeah. game this week, honestly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. We've reached that point at the season, you know, we started the year thinking, oh, he's gone. We've sort of reached that point now. It's like, nah, nah, everything's fine. He's fine.
0: I mean, the way he's talking, so, it, you would think he's staying, but... Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've we've seen that from players in the past, but... Yeah. Uh, look, yeah. Look, I'm leaning, I'm definitely leaning on the he's staying now um, side of the fence. Compared to the other I'm side, more
1: in, I'm more inclined to take that call from how someone's playing rather than what they're saying. Um, yeah. Like for example, Sean Bergwon was still chipping in about who should be the coach of Port Adelaide, but you could see the way he was playing; he was out the door halfway through the season with his enthusiasm, which was non-existent. Yeah, um, you, you can see that with a lot of players. You know, you can see the ones that are playing good when they want to impress someone. You can see the ones that are just sort of halfway out the door, and I think that Ollie's just playing, you know, consistent footy at a good level. Yeah. Yeah, there would be more of a sign that he was leaving, yeah. I think,
0: in the way he plays. Absolutely. Look, he's my love this week as well. And, you know, he's just in ripping form at the moment. He's, his last six yeah. or seven games have just been great. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone's talking about um, the wonderful Travis Boke and the the season that he's having, and he is having an absolute mm. ripping season as well. But, you know, he's almost a forgotten man a little bit in terms of, you know, Potential All Australian selection. I think he's he must be right on the edge of the squad himself as well. Um, yeah. You know whether I, I don't think he would make the team, but I think he would be right in um, in running for the forty man squad, which he should be because oh. he's um, you know he's playing dominant football and you know we haven't seen that for a few years. He's probably in I wouldn't say career best form, but certainly the best form he's been in since probably two thousand and seventeen
1: yeah look, I mean, I think that uh, as far as all Australian selection, I think we're kind of being buttered up for the expectation of um it being Travis Boak and Darcy byrne Jones to get the look in yeah um that certainly has been the way that commentators have sort of been commentating all season, uh, yeah, with a cheeky outside chance of Zach Butters being on the bench or at least named in the, the named in the selector's thoughts, whatever that extended squad is mm. so
0: well, he couldn't even make the under twenty two side so. Oh really? I'm not, I'm not sure oh, he's gonna make the uh the, the real deal, but You're yeah, kidding. Uh, serious? I'm serious. Yeah, he didn't he didn't oh make the God. team for the un, under twenty two best twenty two under twenty two oh. or whatever it's called. But
1: That is wild. Which we is uh
0: up. which is outrageous, I reckon. That's outrageous. But
1: uh That is wild, you know. man.
0: But Pal Pepper got in. And he's having a great season too, but would have but, thought, yeah. thought butters would have been uh in there first out of those two, but oh well, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I guess uh, uh, three uh, three players extended their contracts this week, and that's uh, Trent McKenzie, Willem Drew, and Jake Passini uh, have extended to the end of 2022, which is nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess you yeah, know, McKenzie's playing games, so he gets the extension, and I guess that Passini, I mean, you know, he's a rookie. For Backman, we tend to give him a bit of time to develop, and he yeah. you know, certainly had a bit going for him. I'm surprised by Drew because I think that he's sort of borderline. He's he's been at the club for a long time now, and he hasn't made the first 22. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I just think it's a bit weird to give him a two-year extension. I would have thought one year would be on the money, and he'd be on one year until he actually ends a spot in the 22.
0: Yeah,
1: but um, a bit weird. But you know, we do like over signing.
0: I'm, I'm glad we've put some time behind Passini. I'm, I'm really glad we've done that. Mackenzie um, yeah. yeah. deserves it because he's had such a brilliant year. Uh, Drew is a bit funny, but um, they obviously rate him very highly. Uh, but he hasn't played a game this year, so yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a <laughs> strange one. So they don't rate
1: him well, so highly; <laughs> that they're going to play him, though, do they? There's,
0: there's been <laughs> opportunities where he could have played, and he hasn't. Uh, I don't know if he's injured. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's not like anybody gets any information about what happens with the reserves players these days. So um, who knows what's uh, what's happened there. But uh, whether he's had an impressive season in the scratch matches or not, I don't know. But, uh, well, I'm kind of happy. I mean, I'm, I'm sad that that probably means it's farewell to Joe Attlee. Um, yeah, of course, we were safe. both so happy to get both of them on that draft night all those years ago. Yeah. But uh, looks like one's not going to make it and one gets uh, another opportunity a couple of years, which is nice.
1: Yeah, no, look, um, yeah, I mean it's good for good for Drew, but uh, yeah, no, it's certainly safe for others.
0: Yep. Right, let's uh, talk about the review. Port played North Melbourne at Metricon Stadium, and uh, and we left with another solid uh, twenty six point victory, eleven goals, twelve to six goals, six. Charlie Dixon and Ollie Wines were the uh, multiple goal kickers with two goals each for Port Adelaide. Um, how did you see this game? What, what were your thoughts? on how it
1: played out. Um, kind of... Uh, it looked exactly like a match between a team at the top of the ladder in late in the season against a team at the bottom of the ladder late in the season. Um, mm. Just want to do enough to win, really. It was very much that kind of game. Uh, I feel like we played below ourselves to a great extent. I think that uh, we got a lot of um, party time goals you know, where we didn't seem to have to work all that hard for it. It's just a few things came together in North Melbourne were in disarray. Yeah, uh, I think that I think that Chris uh, Shaw is uh, not going to last long. No. Uh, and yeah, I think that that's really all there is to say. I mean, right now, I guess the, the hot question is: with the Crows on their winning streak, um, are North Melbourne going to win the winning Spoon this year?
0: And quite I'd possibly. Say
1: that's, <laughs> quite possibly now. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think I said in the preview that they are the worst team in the AFL at the moment. Like their last four or five weeks have been shit out, um, and the crows have actually been improving and have been fairly decent, and obviously have won a game or won two games now. Um, but yeah, they're they're just not a very good team, North Melbourne. They're not coached well. You know, they lack talent. You just don't know what they're going to do with the bowl. They turn it over a lot. Um, yeah, they're just not a well-drilled side at all. And uh, you know, we we didn't make them pay in that regard you know we kicked 11 goals 12 again um could have probably won by more but as you said we, we kind of just did enough to win really and, and not a whole lot more it was kind of the same against Hawthorne and Sydney um you know we had a bit, fairly sluggish first sort of 10 minutes but then kicked all those goals late in the first quarter we had a patented uh Port Adelaide goals quarter in the second which was nice yeah, and um, then we went bang, bang, bang in the third, and uh, got a match-winning lead, and then shut up shop in the last quarter. And that's basically you all of, that happened.
1: <laughs> one of those interesting stats to to get that would take someone with a much better access to databases than we do to work out the last uh, Premiership side that had a goalless quarter in their Premiership year.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure it's happened. It's I'm minute. sure. I'm sure oh, most teams. Most teams would have, would have be a goalless in quarter.
1: It would be infrequent, I'm sure. For a premiership team, I reckon it would be infrequent at best. I re- I'm trying to think back to where the Port did in
0: 04. I reckon we might have. We'll have to look it up. But we, we certainly... Yeah, look, I, I, would, I think it's safe to say that most premiership teams would have had at least one goalless quarter in a season. I don't think many, if any, what? would have had five or six or seven like we've had.
1: Yeah, well, that too. But I mean, I, I reckon even one would be pushing it, honestly. But uh, interesting to know. Again, mm. I'd like to have that stat, but I don't have access to that sort of time and, and processing power.
0: I'll look it up tonight. It won't take too long. I'll uh, I'll put okay. the answer on Big Footy. <laughs> ah, cool. Yeah. So, great game. Mm. Yep, that's the end of the podcast. Basically, that's all that happened.
1: <laughs> just, we uh, came,
0: we won, we went home. Well, I assume we've come home, and uh, that's that.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, Thanks for it's coming it's pretty
0: unexciting. Yeah, really,
1: mm. unfortunately, there's, yeah. there's not a lot to comment on. I well, let well, to talk
0: what? about some of the players, I guess. Uh, we'll talk about Travis Boak. I mentioned him before. He's having a brilliant season. And, um, look, he was probably best on ground once again. 34 touches, kicked a to goal, nine clearances, 12 contested disposals, seven inside fifties. You know, he's just, uh, he's a monster at the moment. And um, do you think he's a realistic shot of uh, challenging for the Brownlow?
1: Uh, look, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, I really think that Port Adelaide is never going to be likely to win a Brownlow anytime soon just because they love spreading the votes. I mean, that's yeah. how you stop a team from ever winning a Brownlow is you just spread the votes more among that team than you do at other clubs. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, um, if umpires are like, Oh no, we want my team's player to win, like they can just they can focus and every time they hope they, they umpire that team they can vote for the same guy and that's fine, you can do that. And we've seen like put Port Adelaide you look at our list of Brownlow vote getters, we might have more Van Low vote getters than any other club in a given year. But the way they're spread out is just weirdly even. Just weirdly, weirdly even. Yeah. And people players getting three votes in games, so you go, Oh, really?
0: Yeah. I feel like the same might happen this year, like I think back to '04 and Treaders was favourite, and '14 uh, when Robbie Gray was pretty much favourite, and yep. uh, both of them didn't even weren't even the leading poll winner for Port Adelaide. <laughs> like Chad Corns got more votes in '04, and I think Boak got more votes in '14. But I guess the, the difference is that Boak is a midfielder and he's um, a proven vote getter in the past. Um, So he might be in good stead there. I feel like Wines and Rockliffe will take votes from him. Uh, So he might get a lot of sort of ones and twos as opposed to threes. Uh, We know Robbie Gray will probably score a couple of sneaky votes in there as well. And uh, there's generally always a bit of a strange one with Port Adelaide. Like, usually it's Ebert polling really well somehow. I don't know. I feel like this year might be, I don't know, Trent McKenzie or someone weird like that I don't know Kane, Kane well, Farrell it's... will get a strange three voter somehow and we'll just all be scratching our heads going did he even play that game or whatever but yeah
1: well I mean that's the thing for me like I think that if Court ever does have a Brownlee medalist it's going to be like in the, the Shane Wawoden category or what's his name from West Coast um, it'll be someone that isn't your best player but who had one good season and people sort of thought oh yeah I'll give him some votes he's playing well this year and didn't really think oh if we've all done that <laughs> so you're basically <laughs> telling
0: me Cam Sutcliffe's half a chance here
1: no but I am saying that probably someone like Dan Houston might be Yeah. Uh, you know like just a player that plays well all the time and then they might have that one bumper season that the umpires go oh yeah I'll give him the votes and not think he's a Brownlow chance and then all of a sudden bam Brownlow <laughs> mm. well it could be that could be Burn Jones you never know yeah, I thought he probably just doesn't get quite enough possession. That's why I'm leaning towards Houston in that, just because he mm. does get that midfield time. Uh, Dersmarkwood, that'd be a weird one, but again, you know, it's possible. Yep. Uh, let's see. That's probably over the current side that I could name right now.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if all three of sort of Rocky, Boke and Wines end up on sort of 15-ish votes each. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I can kind yeah. of see that happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really hope he gets up there because he, de- he deserves it, um, Bokey. Yep. uh yeah, look, speaking of Tom Rockliffe, he had another great game, I thought. Uh, 30 touches, yep. nine tackles, four inside 50s, three clearances. And what impressed me about his game was just his ability when everybody else was fumbling. Like, we were really fumbly, super fumbly this game. It's mm. almost like it was played in pouring rain. Um, but he was one touch grabbing the ball and getting it forward quickly um, every time he got it, which was great, I thought. And um, I know some people thought he. He wasn't very good, but uh, I thought that was a standout feature of our game and his game on the weekend.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, also, that's how you want to play against shit teams um, because moving with speed is going to fuck them up more than anything else, uh, yeah. realistically, Like, <laughs> because they're particularly a team with a new coach, because they're not drilled in the system. They don't know what their fallbacks are, and particularly when you've got a side that's kind of disorganized and also not, you know, got some patches of youth in there as well. That speed, that decisiveness, is going to fuck them up every time. And so playing like that by Rafa I mean, that's just smart. That's playing your opponent properly. Yep. Um, you know, not sort of overthinking every play so that the the opposition has time to go. All right, this is what the coach said to do. We'll do this. Just keep them, keep them guessing, keep them panicked. Yeah, could do. Absolutely. A
0: few uh, players came back into the side. How did you see Kane Farrell's game?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it's alright. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't have said it was exceptional. He just, uh, not, just doesn't do enough. He just still doesn't, he doesn't do enough. He doesn't get involved enough, and the further he is from goal, the less I like him.
0: Yeah. But then, you know, the last sort of four or five games he's played, he's he's having shots on goal, like proper chances, and he's just not getting... Mm. Like, he should have nailed no. that goal on the weekend, um, it's, which was disappointing. I don't know
1: what's going on. I don't know what's going on with Kane. I don't know... It would be interesting. Like maybe he's one of those players that's going to need to get to like you know thirty, forty games before he actually starts seeing him play well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, and I look, if you're looking for a timeline for something like that, that's probably Carl Amon, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> similar sort of role, outside player. Um, got to hope that he can get there, but um, in the meantime, just having some bizarre games.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stevie Motlott was another one who came back in, and um, well, I think he played the week before anyway, but uh, no, maybe he didn't. Maybe he did come back in. But I thought he was actually better than what I was expecting. He had 11 touches, kicked a goal. Um, You know, if if there's a spot available for only one of those players, uh, even though Motlop has really struggled this year, I feel like he's the one that's getting it.
1: Yeah, probably. But I think that's just as much because he's Stephen Motlop as anything else.
0: Yeah. Fair. Um, How did you see Carl Amon's game? I thought he was uh, pretty clinical. On, uh, on the wing, as usual.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it wasn't the sort of game that would uh, really see how on worry, is it? You know, it's not like there's a high level of um, accountability on his role. So, yeah. yeah, no, he played a lot.
0: And the tall forward line of uh, Dixon and Marshall, how did you see that work?
1: Uh, what about Marshall? What, what are we going to do about Marshall? What, Marshall, what do you do Marshall, about Marshall?
0: Marshall? Marshall? He's just... I don't know. I liked how he played last week, wasn't too much of a fan of how he played this week. Um, And while Jesse's providing a foil and all that sort of stuff, he still needs to just do a little bit more, I think.
1: He's got to be Um, more than a backup singer.
0: He was was great to start the season, his first half of the year was really, really good, very, very strong. And uh, his last three or four games just haven't hit the mark, I don't think, but... You know, he's still only My... twenty-one. He's still a baby. You know, he's still got time on his side, and we know that when he plays, we win. So just keep him inside. We'll keep winning.
1: Look, I mean, I agree, but I also, for me, I think that it says to me we still need to be looking for another key forward, and we need to be anyway because Dixon, you know, he's still what he's over thirty now, isn't he, or something close to that. Yeah. Um, we need to be looking for key forwards and drafts coming up. We still need to be doing that. We can't just say, "Oh, well, that's all right." We'll have Marshall playing well for the next eight years. It's not going to. We can't count on that. Um, we can't count on him improving from where he is right now. Honestly, mm.
0: I hope he gets there. I'm sure he will at some point.
1: Um, well, hopefully, we definitely. He's definitely not performing well enough that we can ignore the need for a backup.
0: No. Well, we'll see how he goes this week with Latums back in the side. Um, maybe that extra toll up there might uh, might help out a little bit.
1: What makes um, you think Latta's going to be back on the side?
0: Oh, I just assume it's going to happen.
1: Why would you assume that?
0: Just bad assumptions. I don't know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> I would say so. I, I can't. That was a that was a pretty massive leap of faith you made there. I could quite honestly the idea. That, I, yeah, I reckon he will it was, then.
0: It'll either be him or Westhoff.
1: Oh, well, I mean Westhoff then. Yeah, Westhoff's coming back in. Got it. Mm.
0: Oh, I guess the the main matchup that. Uh, I guess I was looking forward to was seeing how Scott Lysett would come up against uh, Todd Goldstein, who's been in great form this year. He's probably mm. probably going to be all-Australian ruckman, Todd Goldstein, probably. I would think. And uh, I thought uh, Lysett played a really, really good game against him. I thought he uh, probably had the better of that matchup.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Zach uh, Bader like stole the day with his tackle, so there
0: you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a tackle that was.
1: That was a real ripper.
0: Butters, who weighs what, like forty five kilos or something, and takes down Goldstone, yeah. who probably weighs one hundred and forty five kilos. So that was a that was a monster tackle.
1: That was bloody good.
0: It was great. Well, anything else to add about uh, this wonderful game?
1: Nah, no, I don't think so. No, 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 no. I think that's about as much as it uh, probably merited. Honestly.
0: How how are you feeling about our season so far? Like, are you? Nervous for what's oh. to come? Are you satisfied with how we're playing? You know, what, what are your thoughts heading into finals?
1: I feel like there are a lot of guys on the edge of the 22 that uh, I don't rate. Yep. And I think... I mean, we've discussed this on one of the previous shows that I think that we've been a little bit lucky in who has had injuries and who has not so far.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in that they have been mostly replaceable players. Uh, to some extent, we haven't lost any of our key players. Um, Zach Butters going out for two weeks is probably the biggest loss we've had all season in, in one respect. I mean, I know that Burton, at his best, is a very, you know, very good player, but we don't get a lot of him. But yeah. in terms of... Uh, and I guess Marshall's injury sort of took someone out as well. So like, between Marshall and Butters being out, like, that's probably the two biggest hits we've had this year, I think, in a lot of ways. So um, I don't know. I I, I just don't... I just don't believe. I don't believe, Macca. That's all it is. I don't believe because I don't believe in the coaches. I don't believe they know what they're doing enough to withstand finals pressure. I don't um, believe in the game to withstand finals pressure.
0: Hmm.
1: One different... I'm,
0: I'm feeling pretty confident. Whether we win the flag or not, I'm feeling pretty confident coming into finals. You know, we've done everything right so far this year, pretty much. You know, we've we've led the way the whole season. Uh, we keep winning games. Um... Has the last three weeks been super impressive? No, probably not. But you know, you just got to keep winning, and that's what we're doing. And um, you know, we come up against Essendon this week, Collingwood to finish the season. Um, two more wins there, and I'll be uh, I'll be cracking the champagne, mate, and uh, getting ready, getting ready for finals. That's what I'll be doing. Fair enough.
1: Look, I mean, I think that if you look at the finals, like you say, um, I think that if you look at who's currently what six to ten. I'm not concerned about any of those sides. No. Um, it's just the fact that two to five are all of our bunny sides. <laughs> it's certainly like the concern. Like they're all the sides that just completely just uh, destroy us, even when they shouldn't. Yeah.
0: Um, but having that's said that, concern. we have beaten West Coast this year. We've beaten Richmond this year. We beat Geelong last year. I feel... For me, the only one that I'm super-duper worried about is Brisbane because we just haven't seemed to play Brisbane all that well for a few years now. Um, but I'd, I'd be fairly confident coming up against the other three.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's
0: my feeling okay. at the moment. I'm
1: taking the positive oh, route. Yeah. I'm
0: feeling confident. We're going mean, to do can, something. You
1: can say, you, you can say you're going to be positive about it, but each of those games, you're going to be tipping them rather than Port Adelaide, right?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not tipping port, no. No, definitely not. Well, we got some questions on Spreaky Chat. Windy Runner has said, uh, is Brad Scott just sitting back, just puffing on his pipe in in his robe with a glass of mead? He seems like yes. a mead drinker.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah. Good luck to him.
0: He'd be laughing right now, I would think. But
1: I mean, he's the one be. that quit, didn't he? So, yeah.
0: you know, he sort oh, of... Uh, I don't think- Left them up the garden path and then fucked off, basically. So,
1: yeah, yeah pretty much. But uh, I mean, look, I mean, I think that any it's it's the privilege of the ex coach of a shit side that is shit to um, just sort of laugh when they continue to be shit when you're gone. You know? That's fine. Wrong mm-hmm. with that. Uh, Windy runner has
0: also asked, "Has Perryman been linked to Port in a trade?" And uh, it seems oh. seems like it. It seems uh, that's the that's the media talk. At the moment, I'm pretty stoked but, uh, about that, honestly. I'd be, I'd be good. well happy to get Perryman. You he's know, a... I don't know how we make it happen, but um, yeah, you know, he's only I mean, for... only 22. He's proven that he yeah. can play, you know, in each third of the ground. You know, he's a good back flanker. He can play on a wing. He yeah. can kick goals up forward. Uh, he can play as a centre square midfielder. So, you know, he's yeah. basically the long term. If we were to get him, he would be the absolute long term Ebert replacement, really. Um, oh yeah with that, because uh, he plays a similar sort of role over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, look, I mean, he's a good player, and, um, you know, he's probably a good bloke as well, so, yeah, well, I mean, that's of all the players he could be linked with, I mean, this is certainly a massive upgrade on Erosio Fantasia.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. I don't know what's going to happen to GWS, because apparently they're losing Haitley, they're going to lose Coldwell to St Kilda, they're going to lose Perry good. possibly. Uh, good. Yeah, there's always talk about Josh Kelly leaving, and
1: uh, well, I mean, Finlayson might thing...
0: leave and you know, I don't know, they're, they're going to be a disaster soon.
1: Well, see what you're going to think about with GWS? is that now that they've resigned Leon Cameron, that's clear that they've decided that the coaching is fine and that must be the players' fault.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Sid has made a comment um, saying Harris Andrews is a major loss and yes it is. It looks like he's <laughs> going to be out to, for 46 weeks so that is yeah. a huge loss for them. I'm not sure if he's all that replaceable in their system but I guess they've got someone like Jack Payne that can come in and and do a job, but um, he's nowhere near uh, know, all-Australian level like uh, Harris Andrews is.
1: No, huge downgrade for Brisbane, and uh, if we have to play him in the finals at any point, it would be great for us to play them while he's out.
0: Yes, please. Please. That would be nice. And some big footy questions. Uh, Let's have a look here. We've got uh, Glitcho1 who says, uh, who do we replace Butters with, given that Ken can't call on Sam Gray? Dylan Williams. And look, Cam Sutcliffe's already in the side, so he can't call on him either. <laughs> um, That's true. I don't know. I think it might be Westhoff. That... Which is completely not like for like, but as I said, I think I think one of Lanham's or Westhoff will come in this week. So I think it will be either one of them, and he'll keep both mm. Farrell and Motlop in the team.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, we know Westhoff's coming in, right? So,
0: yeah. Yep.
1: This is just adapt.
0: Maybe. Uh, Fishing Rick said, I'm still struggling bad with man flu. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> Incarnate has asked, how do you see our back six and forward six lining up uh, for the first week of finals?
1: Oh, look, I think it's going to... I mean, it keeps changing. I don't know. We're going to see who's fit, and then we'll worry about it, and we'll see who we're playing, and then we'll worry about that as well. I think that... Um... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, clearly Bonham will is... come
0: in. Bonham will come in for Burton. I
1: think think that's a given.
0: Um, So I guess it just depends on, you know, first week of finals, Butters will be back. Uh, So I imagine it will be, I reckon it will be Marshall, Dixon, Lattams, and it will be Butters. Mm. Butters, Rosie, um, Motlock will be the six. I don't see, look, I
1: okay. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I don't see Lattams. Um, coming back in, honestly. Does Cam Sutcliffe keep his spot for finals? He's probably gets that Laddham spot honestly.
0: <laughs> I'd still prefer Woodcock, but you know, once again I thought yeah. Sutcliffe was okay on the weekend. Like he you know, had to go down back and play down there once Burton got injured and you know, kept uh-huh. his opponent to just three touches for the game. So yeah, you know, he did his yeah. job.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's all we want is role players doing their job. Ah, sure. <laughs> if they keep doing their job, we'll win a premiership. Simple as that.
1: Look, I think that it's okay for role players to do to say all you want is for role players to do their job when you're playing against the bottom second bottom side in the league. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what. That's all you need. That's, that's when you play role
0: players, not it? It's probably a given, but uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Well, hasn't happened I mean, sometimes in the past. But
1: yeah, I know. But that's the expectation. Like, right? if you bring your role players into your side uh, against the bottom, second bottom team, I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah, they should play well. They 100% yeah. should play well because if they're not playing well against the
0: 2nd quarter team, then when are they going to? Mm. Uh, mm. uh, incarnators has also asked, if we do qualify for two home finals, do you see us being granted?
1: I can't see why not.
0: Well, it depends. I don't know. Didn't they say that the, the last two weeks of finals were going to be up in Queensland? Or did, did I just uh, imagine that?
1: I think you might have imagined that. That'd
0: be a bit weird. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, then, yes, we should absolutely be given two home finals. And, yes, we should hopefully be granted them, really, because there's no
1: reason not to. There's absolutely none. And particularly if we play against a Victorian opponent, um, absolutely no reason. Adelaide have had no cases for months.
0: So, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? Should happen. Why not? Make it happen. Incarnators yeah, sure. also asked, uh, who are the two teams you don't want to play at Adelaide Oval and the two teams uh, you'd prefer to play at Adelaide Oval?
1: The don'ts would obviously be West Coast and uh, probably Brisbane. Yeah. The ones I do want to play of the teams that are currently in the top eight, probably GWS and the St Kilda.
0: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, obviously West Coast have a wonderful record in uh, at Adelaide Oval, which uh, not just against us, but against the Crows as well. So they really enjoy playing here. But uh, it would be nice to get some revenge on what happened in 2017 if we do face them here. And Brisbane, <laughs> well, I don't want to face Brisbane at all. So let's just make sure that doesn't happen. Incarnate has asked with Queensland finally warming up again do you think that the current hub teams have an advantage in the next six weeks as being acclimatised or do you think it is a minor discrepancy and won't make a difference?
1: Ah look I mean it really comes down to how seriously the hub teams take it. Like we know that Richmond have not taken this season seriously at all which is kind of amazing considering they're top four. Um, You know I think that it just comes down to how those hub teams treat it professionally. And I think that in, when, it comes, when it comes to finals, I think that they'll all lift their game and you know, take it seriously and say, hey, look, I mean, it sucks that we're up here or whatever else. But I don't think that it'll be an advantage, but I think it might actually focus them properly, being yep. there and being there for finals, uh, which probably hasn't happened during the regular season for a lot of teams. Yep, fair enough.
0: And last question from Incarnate is, uh, what's your go-to kebab? Or Euros for those that like to call it by its correct name.
1: I don't really have one, I'll be honest. Probably just a mixed meat basic one.
0: Just the the standard? Yeah,
1: yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. He's
0: he's uh he's on your track. He's he says he's a staunch traditionalist lamb, onion, tomato, lettuce, tabbouleh salt and pepper with extra <laughs> garlic sauce. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean why would you mess with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. What sort of historic ever you into, Mecca?
0: Oh, look, I'm I'm happy to uh I'm happy to go the lamb with the uh, I love the tabbouleh in there. It's got to have tabbouleh. Here's one for you: oh, chips or no chips inside the the euros. Oh, definitely
1: not. No, God, no. Definitely I mean, not.
0: Tra- Traditionally, they're supposed to have chips.
1: Nah, no thanks.
0: Fair enough. I actually don't mind them with chips. I like it with chips. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, look. If I'm getting one, I mean, yeah, I'd definitely go the lamb. Yeah, lamb, onion, lettuce, tabbouleh. Garlic sauce, it depends what I'm doing that day or not, really. Depends who I'm about to go and see or whatever. Fair enough. Um, Whether I want stinky breath or not. Otherwise, I go the sweet chili sauce.
1: Does that work? Yeah.
0: does it work. Mm. Absolutely, it does.
1: I can't imagine that being good on a kebab. No, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty good. It's pretty good.
0: You'll have to give it a go next time.
1: Yeah, maybe. Mm. And,
0: and that is it for this evening. I
1: have to say, we are done. All right, there we go. Do a quick one. All right. Who are we playing this week? Uh, coming up, playing the bombers. Up. That's right, bombers. Oh, that'll be fun, won't it?
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> Well, this would be a good test
0: because you know they obviously want to make finals and all that jazz, and we'll have to make sure that uh, we're on our game this week.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm not really too worried about them, to be honest. But um, you know, like, do you really do you think they'll make the 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 the, 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 the top eight? I don't think no, so. No, probably not. But look, no
0: one seems to want to make the final two spots in the eight because everyone keeps losing. So,
1: yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, they're still. Of the teams that are on the edge of it, like Collingwood, GWS, Western Bulldogs have all won, had eight wins. Essendon are six wins and a draw. In fact, yeah, six wins and a draw. So they've got, you know, they've got a lot of catching up to do in just two weeks of football. It just doesn't yeah. seem like. It. Yeah, that's
0: true. That is true. I thought they were on one more win than what they are on, but then nah. I checked the ladder and thought, oh, I should probably delete that. But oh, well, doesn't matter. But yes, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the bottom two spots of the eight plays out because St Kilda have fallen in a heap, GWS are a dumpster fire, same with Melbourne. Dogs <laughs> uh, have come into a little bit of form, I guess, but um, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see those last couple of spots there.
1: It definitely feels like this would be a good year to go back to the McIntyre final system and have first play against eight. Oh, please, please. That would be, <laughs> that would be lovely. Oh, wouldn't it? Oh, Take the week off afterwards, why not?
0: Yeah, and then we'd get a home prelim final in Tasmania or something. Which is, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, is true.
0: Basically how the McIntyre system worked, I think. But Just about. Mm. Anyway, until then, we'll, uh, right. we'll chat again on Thursday night. Thanks for listening, everybody, can. and uh,
1: can't the power? Can't port.
0: Ports.